welcome to the Eurotrips Football Podcast. After a few weeks off, we are back now to talk all things football as we are officially in crunch time of the season. The Premier League has just one week left, same as Bundesliga and La Liga is close to the end as well, as is Syria. So we are here back for the week and with me I'm back with our usual three of the guests. Um, we're here with Naeem, Ryan and Jonathan. Uh, first of all, Naeem and Ryan, how's the uh, jet lag after our Thailand trip? First two days was pretty bad. Um Got about four hours sleep, woke up from about five o'clock one time and then four o'clock, but I don't know. We'll see tonight how much sleep I get, but I ain't counting on more than four hours. But I thought it'd be worse, but it's not as bad as expected. But yeah, I'm all good though, man. I find actually that like my jet lag's been really fine. I, I mean, it's uh, I'll mention my story in a little bit about what happened on my way back. But, you know, I managed to, I think for me, because I had this massive issue when I came back from LA eight hours behind Essentially, I think my my issue is I didn't put an alarm on the next day. I woke up at like four p.m. and that really affected. But I think for me, thankfully, I put an alarm on this time and I managed to, I managed to thankfully, you know, get up at normal time and last the whole day and go to bed at my normal bedtime. So it's um, I've actually felt alright to be fair. Uh, tired. The first day was horrible, you know, because I had this horrible journey back. But you know, after that first day, it's been absolutely fine. And, and for you, Ryan, um. How's it been for you, your end, jet lag wise? Jet lag, not too bad. Um, I've, I've I caught something either the last day there or been back because last since I've been back, I've, I've been bedridden all week. I've been very very ill. Um, today's not not too bad. I feel a bit better today. Up and about and whatnot, but yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. Similar to mine, really. I've, I've I've had no sleep. Um. But what can you do? Yeah, I suppose I think if you, you know, if you look back and you were told if you said to me you can either not go to Thailand or 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 go anywhere from after or go somewhere and be ill for maybe a day or two, I think you'd take that because I think certainly, you know, it was a good trip. So I think in that sense, um yeah, I I I, I think that it's horrible at the time, but in, in in the grand scheme of things, we we've just had three weeks away. But um yeah, I mean, my journey back was certainly one of the most um, sort of hellish journey backs I can think of. Um, so we got our flight back, no problems. Both our flights from Phuket to Abu Dhabi and then Abu Dhabi to London left on time, arrived on time, blah, 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 all fine. I had a two-hour megabus booked from from Heathrow to Newport, which is near where I live, and basically get on the bus, it arrived on time, no problem there. Next thing I know, the driver's crying on the phone and he had some personal issues. Basically, I think his brother had died or something like that, which basically meant that we had no driver. So I waited, I think it was three hours before another driver came. Um, and that bus driver apparently never he wasn't even part of Megabus. So I just it was one of the headaches. I didn't get back till 3 a.m. essentially. That's the long story short, is that I a little bit of a gripe with Megabus because they should have more people in place to have this because these things must happen more than once. Not maybe not someone's brother dying, but maybe like you know someone gets ill on a journey or or I don't know someone's wife's in labour or or something like that. I feel like they should have more in place because the, the bus drivers just didn't tell us anything. They didn't tell us what was going on. No one knew what was going on in the bus. I got all my information from from passengers rather than the bus drivers. And um, yeah, I'm certainly going to be writing a complaint at some point this weekend to Megabus because. Whilst I'm very obviously sad for the driver that had that personal personal tragedy, but the company should have more in place and they should at least tell us 
how long it's going to be, not tell us, oh, it's going to be 40 minutes and then three hours later you're still waiting. So essentially it took longer to get, as long to get back from Heathrow to home than it did from Abu Dhabi to London. It, it was quite extraordinary during home. But in the day, by the Wednesday, I was absolutely fine. So um, all a distant memory now. Um, but yeah, we're going to head, and I just want to apologise as well, first of all, to all the listeners that we didn't get any content out there. We had planned to do maybe one or two episodes in person with Jonathan as well on the phone, but we, we were just too busy and the time just wasn't there, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, no, but we are back and we are here for the crunch time, of course. Um, we're going to really, this, this episode really is going to be looking ahead to this weekend because the games are, as we speak, just stay away. Um, there's no football, I believe, for any of our leagues tonight. So Sunday, certainly the Premier League. I know I think for you, Jonathan, on Saturday is the Bundesliga. I'm not sure about La Liga or Serie A. But basically, we're just going to preview what is going to be a, should be quite an exciting last day. And might as well start with my league, the Premier League. Um, so it basically comes down to just relegation now. Um, we've had a title confirmed, which obviously was to Man City, who, um, well, who lift the trophy last weekend. Uh, after yesterday's results, top four was confirmed as well. Uh, we saw Newcastle a few days ago confirm their spot in the top four. And then Man U's 4-1 win over Chelsea last night confirmed their spot as Champions League, which meant that Liverpool missed out on the Champions League for the first time since the, uh, I believe it's a 15-16 season. And Brighton as well have confirmed sixth place. So they're getting on a European, Europa League journey, which is great for them. Uh, I know a club that's, you know, I've got a little soft spot for having worked for the club last year a little bit. Uh, quick to see them do well now. Which means really there's only thing, one thing left. Um, there's a battle for Conference League between Villa and Tottenham and Brentford. Uh, Villa on 58 points, Tottenham 57. Brentford 56. Um, and then Fulham have got confirmed 10th. Whereas, you know, Chelsea and Palace and Wolves battling out for 11th, 12th, 13th. But really, who really cares about that? So it really comes down to relegation. We've already had Southampton's relegation confirmed. Their bottom of the league was 24. And then it's between Everton, Leicester and Leeds for, that, for those two spots. So Everton 17th with 33 points, whereas Leicester and Leeds have got 31 points each, but Leicester have the better goal difference out of the three. Um, looking at games on the weekend, I believe Sky have got the Everton game. I believe West Ham's the other game on Sky, and I, believe, I think they'll have all three. But um, looking at the fixtures, there were meaningless games like Arsenal Wolves, Villa Brighton, Brentford City, and all the games that really mean nothing, but these are the crunch games. So... Everton hosts Bournemouth, Leicester hosts West Ham United, who who were at one point in the relegation battle, and then the other game is Leeds Spurs. Now, on a first thought for me, I'll get your boys' thoughts as well. For me, I, I think that Leeds may have the better better fixture because Tottenham are seeming on their holidays right now. But then again, so are Bournemouth and so are West Ham. And so West Ham have got bigger fish to fry. I do fear for Leicester because West Ham have got something to come in the future. They've got a uh, Europa Conference League final, so they may want to end the season on a high and try and get some confidence in players sort of after winning a game to the next game and that sort of mentality. So I do fear for Leicester in that sense. But you know Tottenham you can never rely on them. I would if I was if I did if I did bet, I would never put Spurs in my acker. You just can't you can't bet on them. And then when it comes to Everton, Bournemouth, Bournemouth again have been a hard thing to predict this season. They had a very good season but uh, you know they they've won games they should have they shouldn't have and lost games they should they shouldn't have as well. So I think on first glance, I would probably still back Everton to stay up. I think that there's no real, I think to me, I think Leicester for me, uh, a team I think will go down. I think West Ham will have something to play for. But 
yeah, I, I think Leeds could get a result against Spurs, particularly at Ellen Road as well. And I think Everton as well will get the win. So I, I think the way I see it, I think I think nothing changes. Um, but for you boys, um, I'll let you boys decide amongst yourselves who goes first. Uh, we'll go to Naeem. Why not? Um, so Naeem, for you, um, out of those three teams, is, are you sort of feeling the same as me? Or is it a team that you think, out of those Leeds and Leicester, for example, I could come out of the bottom three and relegate Everton. Oh, yeah. Funny thing is, obviously, all three teams, they got home games on the last day. So, I think, judging, obviously, by the way things have gone in the last couple of weeks, I think I think it will probably stay the same. I think Everton, they might all, all win and then it'll just be the same, the same sort of positions, to be fair. So, I think Everton should be all right. Uh, like, like you said, Leeds have got Tottenham. Tottenham players are pretty much on the beach. They they can still get into the Conference League um, if they do win, but I don't know. I think they're probably just going to be our European total. See, uh, was it Leicester got West Ham? Like you said, West Ham, they'll probably be more thinking about the Conference League final, obviously, which is uh, just an over, over a week's time, or just over a week's time. So they probably will get the win there. And Obviously, Everton got Bournemouth. Bournemouth ain't got nothing to play for now. So, yeah, I believe it probably will stay the same. It's, it's, it's still going to be good. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be the same. And then also, obviously, there's still the Conference League spots to play for as well. So, I think Aston Villa probably still will get it because Brighton, they, they've got Europa League. So, I think their players will be on the beach as well. Uh, like, like you said, Tottenham, they're, they're just a shambles at the moment. So... I can't see them them winning there. You know, they couldn't even beat Brentford at home. And Brentford got a slim chance, but, you know, if Aston Villa win, then, yeah, that's pretty much all over. So, yeah, I reckon, yeah, I reckon the, the, the bottom three will stay the same. And I think the game what kind of ruined it for Leicester was that game that obviously we did catch on the plane when we was flying out there against Everton, where they could have picked up the win, but obviously, was it, um, was it Madison missed the penalty? So, yeah. And then yeah, obviously Everton beating Brighton, no one expected that. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of helped them in a massive way. So yeah, I believe the bottom three will be the same. And yeah, season's coming to an end now. Yeah, I mean that's actually one thing I was going to mention was that a game that we watched on the on the plane, which I think you know that was a real cool experience for us watching a football game on the plane. Where it was pretty cool, a live game as well. Um, but yeah, I think that game. I think the game will actually prove to be critical, particularly if it if it takes how it is and Everton go up and Leicester go down as a point in it or two points in it. That game will prove crucial, crucial because that game was again Leicester should have won. I think because they had the missed penalty, they had that chance. I think was it Vardy hit the hit the hit the bar um, as well, and then obviously Everton did get the equaliser. So I think you know I think. This is the list of lesser team that I think I still have no idea how they've got in this position because even though I think it's a massive bottle job, they've got Madison, they've still got Harvey Barnes, they've still got Siyunku. I know they lost Michael, but you know, I, I just I, I think that it's crazy thinking that last season they were being criticized for finishing lowly. I think I think last year they finished eighth last year. Um 21-22. They finished eighth, they finished eighth, and that was seen a bad season. Um, and I look where they are now. So it's just very much, I think, careful what you wish for with Leicester. And I know they've had the the, the dramatic few years. They've had the fairy tale story of winning the league, five thousand to one odds, blah 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 blah. You know, and t- they really should have got top four. He's won this two years. I followed. They won an FA Cup, Champions League quarter final after winning the league. And I think it's been a great few years for Leicester. But I I just think that 
I think Wout Fight has been one of the worst signings of the season. I think he's been terrible. I do think they have lost something in, in no Wes Morgan or Schmeichel in terms of what they bring to the dressing room, particularly Schmeichel. I think he's been a big loss because Ward hasn't been that great. You know, I mean, I, I always like Ward because he's a Welshman, but he's been one of the worst keepers this season. He's awful. And Everson showed something, but I think they brought him in too late. And I do think if they were going to sack Rogers, should have been a lot, lot, a lot longer than this, even though I think that if he was there, they would have survived. Um, Jonathan, over to you. I mean, it's, I mean, it's been some dramatic days. That's all we've seen in Premier League uh, history. Um, you know, we've seen the likes of the 2011-2012 season, you know, the likes of the Aguero final day, uh, last minute goal, I should say. You've had the Tevez goal against Man U. You had the Lasagna gate. Um, I mean, do you see this at all being a season, uh, a final day where, it could be one of those all-time finishes, or do you think the same as me and I in that maybe it's just going to be a case where all teams win or all teams draw? Yeah, I have to agree with both of you guys. I think Everton um, should at least get get a point against Bournemouth, especially with a, a team like Bournemouth who have nothing to play for at this point and are just... So I, I can't believe that they stayed up, to be honest. I've watched a couple of their games this season, every single game that I watched of Bournemouth, they didn't impress me at all. And they had some big, big losses this year. And so I think um, they're probably one of the main teams to go down next year. Um, but yeah, I like Everton to get a point this weekend, potentially a win. And then Leeds have looked so bad recently. It's their work ethic isn't there anymore. It's almost as if they've accepted defeat at this point in Leicester. I'm not sure. I, I, I think James Madison, I'm not sure if he's, um, going to be able to play this week and I haven't really been following along too much but um, it's hard for me to see Leicester with the form that they're in getting anything more than a point and they obviously need a win and then they need some more help as well um, from that Everton game which I don't think they're going to get so leads go down um, which is it's just crazy and, and how badly managed that club has has gotten ever since Bielsa was let go Hardly gave gave Jesse Marsh enough time, and then all of a sudden they turned into, I don't know, I don't know what they were trying to turn into, so the American national team or, or something. I'm not really sure, but uh, it's not a good look. And I think after all of this, Leeds deserve to go down. Leicester's a sad relegation, but I'm sure that they'll be back up within the next year or two. Yeah, if you, for you, for you, Jonathan, as a sort of as an American who watches the Premier League, I mean, have you seen the Leeds fan base grow in America? I mean, obviously they got the Forty Niners link as well, which helps. But in terms of all these players that have come into Leeds, also Jesse March in charge for a bit, and then obviously Brendan Harrison, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney's come in. You know, has that at all increased in terms of the the, the viewpoint of Leeds, and maybe just even just the knowledge of Leeds being a team? What's it been like? How would you compare the Leeds fandom in America before and after? this American influence in the team. It's definitely grown the knowledge and interest in Leeds just because now people see, oh, Tyler Adams plays for them, McKinney, you know, Aronson. Um, but of course, you know, Americans are still centric fans to the big clubs of Chelsea, United, uh, City, whatnot. But yeah, I, I would say that it hasn't grown their fandom per se. And I think most Americans have absolutely no idea that the 49ers are about to take it over as well. I think um, most U.S. men's national teams fans are only focused on certain players at certain clubs and they only follow those players. They won't then become a fan of the club. Um, and yeah, it's just a sad situation. And 
especially to see, you know, several Americans and and a team that I think many other people outside of America see as, you know, you brought all these Americans in and then all of a sudden you're probably going to get relegated. Not a great look for, for us men's football, men's soccer, but you know, at the same time we have a long ways to go and we'll probably never get there to be honest. I mean, what you're saying there about the fans does sound a lot like me in basketball. I mean, I, I followed players more than teams, and it sounds like a base in the thing. I mean, when I was traveling in America, I mean, I saw a lot of Chelsea fans for obvious reasons, because put a sitch, and I saw probably more City fans in America than I have ever done in the UK. Um, and I think obviously Man and Liverpool will have fans everywhere you go. Um, Ryan, over to you, final point on this relegation battle before we go on to the next league is that. Obviously, as we see every year, there'll be players that will benefit from relegation with these teams that will move on to other Premier League clubs. So for you, Ryan, um, out of the three teams, Everton, Leicester and Leeds, which players do you see the most? I'll I'll give you a chance to give maybe one player from each team the most likely to leave and, and find Premier League teams. And if you can as well, maybe name some teams you think they could go to. Um, well, Leicester's probably the easiest one to look at considering... It wasn't that long ago they were being talked about as a as a top six club, um, replacing Arsenal. So I see that age very well. Mm-hmm. But in terms of some players, I mean they're already losing Sionchu to Atletico Madrid on a free transfer. They're going to lose Tielemans on a free transfer as well. I think probably the most likely will be James Madison, who will probably go to either Newcastle or Tottenham, one or the other. Uh, Harvey Barnes could be another one as well. He's a talented player on his day. But they haven't really got anyone else of note who I think will attract strong Premier League interest. Um, in terms of Southampton, I mean, they've got some decent players, like of James Ward-Prowse, who I would be very surprised if he's not playing in the Premier League again next season. Um, Lavier in midfield uh, is a very talented young, young player. They've actually got quite a lot of young players. Um, they just didn't perform when when they needed to, but I think the lack of experience was one of the main uh, reasons behind that. And um, I actually think Everton will go down. Um, I think okay. it will be. I, I, I can see a surprise happening on the final day. So I'll pick a player from from Everton. I mean, I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin is probably the most likely. Um, I'd personally like to see Arsenal reignite a bit of interest in him and and have someone a little bit different up front. Um, he's not going to come in as a star if he did come to the club, but just to have a different option would uh, would be very beneficial to us. So I could see him definitely moving on. Um, I mean, if Leeds do, do go down, then you know they've got a number of uh, talented players that could all very well move on. Uh, Ginotto, again, a very talented young uh, wide player. Um, I don't know about a Premier League club. I mean, he has been linked to a lot. Earlier on in the season, um, but I know he's a big fan of Inter, so you know they they may move for him as well at some point. I think they probably want to see a little bit more from him though. So yeah, I've I, yeah, I imagine we would see a lot of movement. To be fair, in in some of those clubs. I don't think it would have mattered any Premier League club that goes down have got talented players at the end of the day because it is the Premier League. It's it's such you know the depth in every squad is is absolutely massive. So you're always going to get one or two players that 
you know, are going to be linked with moves away anyway. So, yeah, we're going to see a lot happen, I believe, in this summer transfer window. Yeah, I, I think me, there is obviously one of the things of all of them is Ward Prowse. I think that, I, whilst I know, I think people do like to point the free kicks out, but I think there's lots of he does. I think a lot of distance he covers. I think teams will have him purely for set piece, but I think he does offer a bit more than that as well. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, you know, if I was to pick Liverpool players, Liverpool players Liverpool should sign. To be honest, I, I really can't think of anyone, to be honest. I, yeah, maybe Harvey Barnes is a backup winger or something like that, but I, I don't think there's many players that... I think yeah, it'll be tough, but we are going to move on. Uh, we're going to head to a quick break, but when we're back, we're going to go on to our other three leagues, which first of all will be what should be an exciting last day in the Bundesliga. See you guys in a sec. Welcome back to the Yorkshire's podcast. So we alluded to it before the break, but the Bundesliga uh, is reaching its final game, which has a lot to play for, not just at the top, but at the bottom. Um, so yeah, looking at it now, um, just one point separates 17th and 15th, and just two points separate first and, th- first and second. So yeah, Jonathan, what games are looking forward to this weekend? First time in more than a decade, German fans uh, have been waiting on this and yeah, it all starts with the title race. Dortmund beat Augsburg last weekend. Bayern lost incredibly to Leipzig at home. It was Leipzig's first ever win at the Allianz Arena. And Dortmund are back on top. Dortmund have tried their absolute hardest this season to mess it up as much as they could with, you know, for example, being up against Werder Bremen 2-0 in the 89th minute and then losing 3-2 or losing uh, away to Bochum just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're just dropping needless points here and there like BVB always does. But here they are, one match day left against Mainz this weekend. Bayern played Kuhn. And, um, yeah, it's all in Dortmund's hands at home. They've been so good at the Signal Laduna Park this season. I expect Dortmund to win. Uh, it's, it's I've been looking at some of the, uh, the apartments or non-apartments, uh, some of the rental areas of Dortmund and – you can't even get a room uh, in the city anymore, pretty much. Everybody is flocking there, ready for the parade. You know, if they do win, I'm sure it'll be a, a week-long sort of thing. I think the cheapest rental room I saw was 730 euros a night, um, which is, you know, extremely affordable for all of us, of course. I mean, it's not bad at all. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's just, you know, it's amazing what Byron's done this season. The first trophyless. Uh, season that I can remember in re- recent memory and they'll of course be thinking back to that Julian Nagelsmann dismissal and appointing Thomas Tuchel Tuchel probably should have stayed at Chelsea Nagelsmann probably should have stayed at Bayern but who knows um, it's been a crazy season and there will definitely be some firings in Bayern's boardroom this summer and the down at the bottom Hertha Berlin have already been relegated Schalke have the disadvantage in 17th place one point behind Stuttgart and Bochum of course, there is that relegation playoff spot in the Bundesliga and 16th place. So only two are definitely relegated down. But I do like Stuttgart to stay up. Um, I think they have a fairly generous matchup on the final day against Hoffenheim at home. Hoffenheim won last weekend, so they're safe. So they don't have much to play for. And Bochum have a difficult away test to Leverkusen, who are trying to lock up 
um, sixth place to hopefully get a Europa League spot. So I think Schalke in the end, who played Leipzig, that's a difficult matchup. I think Schalke and Hertha go down. Bochum gets the final relegation playoff spot, and Stuttgart barely stay alive to uh, to end a crazy Bundesliga season. Now I've got to ask Jonathan about Sadio Mane because he's a guy that has had a lot of a lot of headlines recently. You know, everyone knows what happened with the Leroy Sane incident after the game against Man City. I mean, twelve goals, six assists. It's you no. Know, you think it's, that's not a bad return, but I think you know it's been a dis- disappointing spell for him. Just, just what's gone wrong for him? And do you, I think it's all set. He's going to leave, and if he does leave, where do you think he'll end up? I don't. I don't know. It's it's been a tough season. You know, he was injured for for a good part of the season as well. It was out for about three to four months or, or something like that, and of course missed the World Cup through that injury. Um, and then ever since he's come back. You know, Bayern have so many wingers at their disposal, Coman, Sane, Gnabry, and then Mane. He's not a consistent starter by any means, and he hasn't done enough to earn that starting place back. So it's been a bit difficult. And so I think without that consistency and that lack of always knowing, hey, I'm going to be in the starting 11 and I can get at least a good 70 minutes out of this game, he's never been able to refine that form. I still think that he'll stay for one more season, if I had to guess, um, just because from a Bayern point of view, they did invest 35 million odd euros into him. And they're not the type of club to, to say, hey, after one season, we're going to give up on one of the best players in world football. We're just going to trade him um, or send him off to another club for probably less value than what they bought him for. So I still think he's going to stay. And if he does leave, oof, I have no idea where he'd go next. Yeah, I mean, the thing I've seen most like, I think I've seen Newcastle linked. I've seen Al Halal linked with him. Um, I think we'll have to just wait and see. I mean, look at the table as well. I'm looking at the table and it looks like there's an interesting battle as well for that fourth spot. I mean, looking at Union Berlin, Freiburg, which of course is your team, I believe, Jonathan, on, on the same points. Um, yeah, this could be also be an exciting time for that bit as well. Yeah, it's such a perfect table to end, to end the season on. I mean, Union have the advantage because they're about four goals ahead of Freiburg on goal difference, and they're both tied on points um, in the fourth and fifth spot. Freiburg play Frankfurt this weekend, who really don't have a whole lot to play for. And then Union also play Werder Bremen, who don't have a lot to play for. So, you know, as much as a, as a Freiburg supporter myself, I'd love to see them snatch it in the end. Um, you have to go with Union, especially with that goal difference advantage. And Werder Bremen is a bit of an easier appointment uh, opponent than Frankfurt. And Freiburg, fifth place again, especially with the lack of squad depth that they have, it's still an incredible achievement to get Europa League, especially with three competitions that they were in this season. Um, and yeah, I mean, Union, to go from just being promoted into the Bundesliga a few seasons ago to Champions League this quickly... Um, they have one of the lowest wage bills in the league. Just unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, for me, this seems like the perfect final day. I mean, I mentioned before the final day of 2011-12. That was the one in the Premier League where we had title race, relegation and top four going down to the last day. And it looks like we're having something very similar in the Bundesliga. So I, for one, I'm actually going to be missing it. I'm going to be at, an, at, a, at someone's birthday party. But um, yeah, I, I think, if you if you're gonna if you're listening at home 
or you know, if, if you're, I think you certainly need, need to have a watch of it if you're free because that looks like it's going to be an ama- amazing last day. Uh, but we are going to move on to our penultimate league, which is going to be La Liga. Um, so Naeem, what games are we look for, looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, so obviously the title's been done and dusted for Barcelona. You know, they've been in a bit of um, bad form since they clinched the league, but my attention is kind of do focus more on the bottom of the table. Obviously, there are still two more relegation spots to be confirmed. Currently, between 19th and 13th place, there are five points. Espanyol, they're the team in 19th spot. They currently lie on 35 points. They actually managed to get a 3-3 draw after being 3-0 down to Athletic Madrid last weekend. So that was um, a crucial point. This weekend, they are actually away to Valencia. Valencia, um, as I mentioned, they're the team that are in 13th spot. So you think that they should have enough to go down. I mean, to story to stay up, but uh, this this is going to be quite a crucial game. And obviously we saw what happened that Valencia lost weekend uh, with Vinicius Jr. But um, it's, it's quite hard to say he's going to go down, really, because the the teams teams in the bottom half, you know, they've, They've been getting a few wins here and there. So, like I said, Valencia, they have Espanyol. Um, the other team occupying the last relegation spot is Real Valladolid. They have Almero, who are also in trouble as well. They're only a point in front of them as well, so that's going to be quite a massive game. And then also another team that is in trouble, Cadiz. They're at home to Celta Vigo, who um, are also only a point in front of them as well. And then, like I said, Almira, they they have they have real Valladolid, so it'll be obviously interesting to see there. So it's it's going to be between those 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 few teams there. So I can't I wouldn't really know who's going to go down. To be fair, probably if Espanyol don't don't get any points out of the Valencia game on the weekend, then they'll probably they'll probably look to go down. Um, because on the last day, I believe they have Almira at home, so that could be another, another that's that's another six pointer right there. But my attention is obviously focusing more towards the top of the table now. There still are some European spots to play for. Top four is pretty much all but sealed for Real Sociedad. They only need one point to secure Champions League football next season. But they're playing. They are, I believe they are. Yeah, they're playing Atletico Madrid away, who can potentially finish second in the league um, because they are only one point behind Real Madrid. So yeah, if they get a point there, then yeah, they're all but secured the Champions League football. Villarreal, they're they're pretty much all but certain for Europa League football. Uh, Real Betis, they're they're nine points behind them. So yeah, they they. They don't really need to do too much there, but it's the Conference League spot which is up for grabs as there are currently, I'd say, from eleventh all the way up until seventh, there can there there could be any shift in there. There's only three points um separating those all those teams. So obviously Mallorca they have a slim chance. They're currently in eleventh. Sevilla, who obviously I did have have mentioned quite a bit on the pod this season. They have, actually do have a slim chance of securing the Conference League spot, but obviously they are in the Europa League final, so they can get Champions League football that way. So even if they don't win the final, they might still be able to get European football. 
Um, so yeah, it would be good to see what happens there. Girona, they have a slim chance as well. They're only a point off of seventh seventh spot. On the weekend, they have Real Betis. So yeah, Real Betis, like I said, they only need one more point to secure that. So that's another good game to look out for. And then Athletic Club, they're level on points with Osasuna, um, both on 50 points. And they are playing... Uh, they're playing Elche. Elche, they've been relegated for months now. Um, so, yeah, you you really think that they should be beating them at home. And if if they do that, then, yeah, they'll have a good chance on the last day. And then, like I said, Osasuna, they're currently in seventh spot. They've been they've had, a, had a pretty fairly decent season so far this season. They, they finished mid-table last season. And, yeah, it'll probably be the fir first time in a long time that they can get European football. So, yeah. Obviously, top four, like I said, can be secure for Real Sociedad if they do get anything away um, at Atletico Madrid. But, um, yeah, this obviously, it's kind of like the Premier League, really, just really conference league to play for and relegation. But there's obviously more teams uh, in the relegation fight at the moment. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to interesting weekend to see who can pick up points and who can confirm safety. And then, yeah, we um, roll on to the last weekend to see yeah, what, what goes on there. Yeah, I just find Sevilla's season just a really fascinating because they're a team that we're, all, we're in a relegation zone for a few a few times a season. And you know, they're, as, you, as you're saying, they could finish as as high as seventh, which would get into the Conference League. And they could even get Champions football, as you said, through winning the Europa League finals. Um, so it's just, I think they're, they're just an absolute fascinating team is how they can keep chilling out these European results. I mean, there's a chance they could have easily, you know, a couple lot less less wins here and there. And they could have been a team that is playing Champions football but also playing second division domestic football. It's, it's just, I, I find that's just an incredible, what's the word, um, contrast it in, yeah. in form the season. And I think that it's, um, certainly I'd love to see what the odds were of them making European football um when they were were in eighteenth or nineteenth, it's just an incredible, incredibly interesting season. And how they're tenth is just beyond me. I mean, even looking at how tight it is, I mean, you know, it's just three points separate sixteenth and nineteenth, and you know, I think um, as many as from thirteenth down could go down with two games left. So I, I think that we talked about Bundesliga having a great last day, potentially Premier League, but I think you know, look, obviously the final weekend of La Liga when of course. The other league's all finished. I do think that I'm hoping that we could see what could be an amazing final day. But of course, it could be a case where we're watching the FA Cup final over. I don't know what the time of what whether Saturday or Sunday the last games are, but yeah, certainly if it's if it's available, I certainly be up for it. If it's as tight as it is right now, I think that could be a, a really interesting last day of the season. But we are yeah, gonna... um, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Last yeah, next weekend is on next Sunday. Um, six oh, okay. Six o'clock, I believe. All the yeah, six o'clock. All the games are next Sunday. So, yeah, um, if anyone wants to check it out, yeah, have a look at the league because yeah, um, been an interesting se season to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I I can only assume to check now. I think the final of the FA Cup is on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Uh, pass through, I think. Yeah, so that's going to be. I mean, that's going to be a Sunday where you know, especially for me, like my parents are away in Norway for weeks, so I'm going to have the whole house to myself. So. It's a case where on Sunday I can almost choose what's on TV without having to allow my iPad. So it's um yeah, that'll certainly be a day where I put my feet up and just hopefully enjoy what should be the last day. 
That's if fire play do allow some sort of free pass on the last day of the season. Otherwise, I think that might be a miss. Um, yeah, we'll move on to the final league, which is Syria, uh, which of course is Ryan. The only league which has a representative of in every European final is Italy. Um, of course, this one, again, another league table where title race is done. But looking at the bottom and chat on European races, it's very much up for grabs, Ryan. Very much so, Andrew. Um, there's, as you, as you say, there's nothing to play for at the top. It's been done for many, many moons now. Napoli have destroyed every single team this season in Serie A. But in terms of the race for Champions League football, I mean, unless both Milan sides absolutely fuck it up the last two match days, I would imagine the top four would stay as it currently is right now, which would see... Lazio joining Napoli along with Inter and AC Milan in next season's Champions League. But you never know. There's uh, currently six points separating Inter in third to Roma in sixth. So there's a slim chance for maybe Atalanta or Roma to sneak in there, but they would need basically one of those Milan sides, probably AC Milan, to drop points in both their final games to even have a chance. But obviously things have shaken up quite a lot in the last week or so. Well, they have been all season really, but especially the last week really. With Juventus, who, as we've mentioned on the podcast already this season, and as most people are aware of, they were given a 15 points penalty reduction earlier on in the season for financial mismanagement. And it's rumbled on, it's rumbled on. We were aware that they were going to appeal to that ban they did and it was taken away they moved up to second in the league and everyone thought okay they're going to be back in the Champions League next season and at the time they were in the Europa League semi-final as well and things were looking a little bit better for them but as of right now there's a lot of concern um, in Turin obviously they've been hit with another penalty this time the 15 points is no longer, but they have been given a 10-point penalty reduction, which has moved them from second down to seventh, meaning it's very unlikely that they're going to have any European football next season unless they sneak into the Europa Conference League or the Europa League place. But whether they would want that, I don't know. Not You know, the teams at the very top that are so used to Champions League football, you know, don't always want one of those competitions, maybe the Europa League, but certainly not the Europa Conference League. And they could yet face further punishments as well, both domestically and in Europe. There's still another FIGC investigation into them, which could lead to more sanctions, uh, most likely next season. But there's also the separate investigation um, from UEFA. And this one's actually interesting because... The uh, UEFA and uh, Alexander Seferin are a bit irritated at the moment by Juventus and their new management team, really, because obviously when all this unfolded, there was a massive exodus uh, from the Juventus board. Most of them were pretty much forced out the door. This had a, a ripple effect as well to Fabio Paratici, who was at Tottenham at the time. And because Juve are still part of the European Super League idea along with Real Madrid and Barcelona 
they're not sitting very well at the moment with with UEFA and according to reports this week, most notably in uh, in Gazeta del Sports, their the potential penalty for for Juve could be softer um, if the new management at the club decides to abandon the Super League idea, but if they don't and they obviously continue with this idea, it's very likely that they're going to face a ban from future European competitions anyway. Obviously, if they don't get in any of them next season, it won't really matter. matter. So whether that's a one-year, two-year, three-year plus ban, it remains to be seen. Um, you More than likely, they're going to get a fine. Um, if not European, then domestically, you would imagine... And for a club that's already in a little bit of financial difficulties as well, that could make things very interesting with some of their key players, uh, most notably Dusan Vlahovic and Federico Chiesa, who, uh, not so much Chiesa, but Vlahovic has been linked especially with a lot of clubs over the last sort of two months. Uh, a lot of Premier League clubs, I think Chelsea at the moment, are the most strongly linked to him. But then again, they're linked to every single player, so you can't really read too much into that. But I think he would be a, a fantastic acquisition for any Premier League club, mate, apart from probably Manchester City, to be honest with you. He is still one of the most lethal strikers in Europe, in my opinion. He's not had the greatest season, but no, no Juventus player has really. And he's he's really struggled up front. He's not had much support from the attacking players around him, which has definitely affected his goals. And along with injuries and, and, and other little niggles, it's really, you know, showing his season in a very negative light, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes. There are a lot of big European teams looking for, you know, um, a big number nine. Bayern Munich could be another option as well next season. Um, you know, maybe even Tottenham if uh, if Harry Kane moves to Manchester United. So there's, there's going to be a lot of movement that I have no doubt. And it'll be very interesting to see if they can keep hold of these players without any European football to offer them uh, and with potential penalties to come in future. You do wonder what goes through the mind, but I do have to say as well that the the handling of all of this has been um nothing short of, of disgraceful um by the authorities in in Italy because it's not only affected Juve, it's affected the clubs around them, the clubs fighting for European football because the likes of Roma, um Atalanta and both Milan clubs as well, particularly the the two Milan clubs and Roma who are obviously in European competitions as as this has been unfolding, you know, they've had to prioritise which games to to go fully, you know, in for. Um, and when Juve got their points back, the likes of Roma and uh, Milan decided, obviously, to, to more focus on the European side of things rather than domestically, which has now gone against them. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's a complete mess that... This is all unfolded, you know, in the space of about four or five months. Uh, it doesn't surprise me, though, because the authorities in Italy are are a complete joke anyway, very much similar to La Liga and the Premier League. And um, it'll be interesting to see, as, as I mentioned, what does happen uh, next season in terms of what their squad might look like. In terms of what else is going on? Like I say, there's still a battle for the fifth, sixth and seventh between Atalanta, Roma and potentially Juventus as well. Down at the bottom, you've got Verona against Spezia and then, you know, in the battle for who may go down into Serie B. Um, 
there's still two match days to go, so there's still a good chance either one of those could go down. And he mentioned it earlier that there's now three Italian sides in three European finals, which is absolutely brilliant for the league and for the country. Um, although, you know what, I, 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 give a, I give a good chance to all three teams. I know not many people give it a chance against Manchester City, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of the very few that do give them a very strong chance um, against against Man City, but that's for, for, for another podcast. Uh, this week, Inter, they did win a, another trophy, the Coppa Italia. They beat Fiorentina 2-1 in the final. It was a wonderful scene, to be fair, before kickoff. Both sets of supporters really, you know, going hard with their tifos, as as we know they do in, in, in Italy. And, uh, you know, fair play to Inzaghi. Uh, won yet another cup competition. He's only ever lost one, and that was his first one with Lazio. So, you know, he's uh, very much a specialist when it comes to, to finals, which um, could very well set precedent for the Champions League. In terms of the champions, Napoli, it looks like uh, Spalletti will leave at the end of the season, which could be interesting to see who they decide to go in for. Um, at the moment, according to most reports, Luis Enrique um, is, a, is a strong possibility, but he's also being linked to maybe PSG, who look like they may sack uh, Christophe Galtier. But again, there's uh, there's so much indecision at the moment that you don't really know what's going to uh, transpire. Um, and just finally, another manager whose future is in doubt, Max Allegri. Could we see him move on? You know, Juve, they're being linked to um, Igor Tudor, the Marseille boss, former Juventus player. So we could see a new manager there. And uh, to, to, to finish it off, Rafael Leal um, recently signed a new contract with AC Milan after many, many, many months of uncertainty. It's not just a great signing for Milan, but for the league. He is one of the best players in the league and he's only getting better and better. And it's great for the league to see these kind of talents remain and not just swan off to the Premier League um, and undoubtedly make it. Serie A weaker so yeah that just about covers everything at the moment in Italy brilliant stuff I mean it's a long way before the Europa League final sorry Europa Conference League final and the Champions League final but in terms of the Europa League final that is actually uh, Wednesday next week so in terms of that uh, now we're not sure whether we'll podcast out by then um, but we may be doing team of the seasons but a quick glance, Sevilla against Roma. We've mentioned, but Sevilla particularly this after this episode. Thoughts on that, boys? Um, Jonathan, over to you first. Um, who do you see winning that game? Respect, respect. Oh, I thought there was a problem with your mic then. <laughs> I didn't really love the Mourinho impression. <laughs> nah, it's, yeah, I've, uh, it has to be Jose. I mean, if he's if he's in a title of uh, of anything. You know, I can't go against him. Yeah, I mean, something has to give. I mean, you've got the final specialist in Mourinho against the Europa League final specialist in Sevilla. So, I think we'll, we'll obviously we will see one of those streaks end. Um, I, I, I'm torn, you know, because I think that at some point Mourinho has to lose, but at some point Sevilla has to lose the final as well. Um, you know, what? I'm going to be I'm going to give Sevilla just because they know. 
Ben Mourinho's won it as well. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Roma. I'm gonna go Roma. What the hell? Um, Ryan, over to you. Um, who's winning this final? It is the absolute prime example of a fifty-fifty game. Um, as as you say, Sevilla have that Europa League heritage, and Roma have Jose Mourinho, and uh, and Roma have a better squad as well. They have more talented players. The likes of Dybala and and Tammy Abraham can can step up and deliver moments of brilliance. So. I would very much, if I had to bet my life on it, it would be on Roma. And you, Naeem? Oof. Yeah, I can't, I can't agree with Ryan's 50-50, to be fair, but Jose's got that got that, um, that experience in Europe for winning trophies, but obviously this is a Sevilla's competition, so I think it'll be a close game. I don't think there'll be many goals in it, so I'm going to I'm gonna back my team, Sevilla, for my league. Fair play, and that's how we'll end it. Um, huge thank you everyone for listening once again. We'll be hoping to bring more regular content now we are back on British soil. But in the meantime, this has been the Eurotrips podcast. I've been Andy, it's been Jonathan, Ryan, and Naeem, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.